And we are back on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Jeff MacArthur. We got all kinds of cybersecurity news breaking on this Tuesday. So let's get our cybersecurity expert, David Shipley, in here to discuss. He joins us now. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, we're going to begin with the Beijing Olympics, which are just weeks away, and concerns David being raised about an app that participants must install on their phones and concerns when it comes to uh, privacy and security. What do we know about this? So we know it's an app that every athlete is being and, and participants is asked to install. It's aimed to include to help them navigate the games, uh, to learn about the rules of operating within Beijing, uh, but also to comply with their COVID-19 precautions, including the collection of extraordinarily sensitive data, including passport numbers, uh, healthcare information, and more. And Citizen Lab, which is just this phenomenal group of global researchers based out of uh, the University of Toronto's uh, Monk School has done a diagnostic report and they've given they've given the app a failing grade when it comes to security and privacy. All right. So are they recommending that Canadian athletes don't use, don't download this uh, app? Is this something that athletes and participants uh, can avoid if they go to Beijing? Uh, what more do we know about that part of the story? Well, they're hoping that the app developer on behalf of the Olympic Committee will fix these flaws so that uh, if people are forced to use it, they can do so securely. But fundamentally, the app uh, makes a, a very basic and devastating mistake in how it establishes trust between the mobile app on someone's phone or computer device and the servers that should be storing and processing the data, such as health information. And essentially, it the app makes assumptions around trust, which are dangerous. Normally, we have a series of computer-based attestations known as certificates um, that help ensure the data transmitted between your mobile phone and that server, no one intercepts that or interferes with it. Um, but in a notable case, that is that that very basic security precaution using what are known as SSL certificates is missing. So I think their preferred route is to have the app get fixed. Um, but they do want people to know that the app has flaws. And the app also has the potential to enforce China's extraordinarily um, stringent uh, crackdown on free speech. Yeah, I was going to ask, what is the uh, biggest threat here uh, when it comes to uh, this app and our athletes and uh, part participants uh, using this uh, app? Would they be susceptible to, I don't know, something like identity theft and more? Well, it is potentially the extraction, theft, or abuse of the information. I mean, ironically, uh, China actually has some pretty stringent data protection laws for individual privacy. Um, or at least when it comes to uh, what, what are viewed as corporations and citizens forget about the authoritarian state for a second, but on paper, this app breaks those laws. So, so it puts people at jeopardy of having sensitive information, including probably most sensitive, their healthcare status and things like their passport numbers, having those potentially get intercepted is uh, not good. All right, let's move on next to ransomware because we got reports out of Russia this afternoon that they have actually dismantled a major ransomware group just exactly who are they, uh, David, and just how big of a bust is this? 
This is shocking. Um, I never thought I'd see the day where the criminal gang Re-Evil, which has been responsible for attacking numerous Canadian organizations, everything from municipalities in Ontario to insurance companies to transit organizations and more. These, uh, these folks are some of the OG, the, uh, the original crime gang behind ransomware. They've made several hundred million dollars in illicit gains with ransomware scams. They're the ones that have been pictured driving around in very splashy Lamborghinis in Moscow and other locations. So to see them get rolled up by the FSB, well, uh, it was an early Christmas script for 2022, but certainly a shock for me because given the tensions between Russia and the West right now regarding the Ukraine, uh, this is one I didn't have on my calendar. Yeah, and the U.S., I understand, has offered a reward uh, for the arrest of this group somewhere in the neighborhood of, I believe, $10 million. Uh, do we know whether or not uh, this group, will they face extradition to the states? Are they going to face some sort of justice there? Well, I think that'll be the real test of how serious Russia is about this. It's one thing to to make a big PR push, and certainly they had lots of videos of the uh, dramatic FSB raids. It'll be another to see if they actually get put on planes to the States because they will spend the rest of their natural lives likely in prison um, if the Americans can get their hot little hands on them. Uh, one has to wonder uh, how that $10 million bounty um, played into this. I think it was brilliant from a policy standpoint, because from the moment the Americans started taking it seriously and did that, these cats were looking over their shoulder to their neighbors, to others um, who potentially sought the cash in. And, uh, you know, maybe that's what motivated uh, the FSB to roll too, is uh, maybe they got a payday out of this. All right, let's move from uh, Russia over to Ukraine. Both of them have been uh, in the news and in the headlines over the last couple of months. Uh, but we're getting uh, reports as well that uh, Microsoft has uh, found uh, what they're calling destructive malware in Ukraine, uh, government uh, systems. And this is possibly uh, jeopardizing a uh, lot of uh, government agencies we hear. Yeah, and it's, it's also targeting, targeting private sector enterprises. And this isn't the first time Russia has deployed malicious software looking like it's ransomware, but in fact, it just destroys uh, hard drives and data. It's just designed to wreak absolute havoc. Uh, the last time they did this in 2017, it crippled global shipping firm Maersk, and they were barely saved by the fact that they had happened to have a server that was knocked offline in Africa. And uh, they were able to recover that server and recover their entire business and, and reboot the supply chain. Uh, Merck, the global pharmaceutical company, was also affected. Billions of dollars were done globally from the last Russian attack on Ukraine because what happens is rarely do these attacks get contained within a country's borders where a global economy and these kinds of malware will leak out. It comes at an incredibly tense time. It's a very dangerous move and it makes almost no sense given what they just did um, rolling up the re-evil gang to uh, to launch a cyber weapon uh, of this extent at the same time. So if, if their strategy is confusion, they've at least got one victim, which is me. All right. And I just found that I got less than 30 seconds, but is this just more proof that the new battlefield is indeed the computer screen? It is. And what I would say for Canada is perhaps the message to us and others is uh, we can cause widespread economic havoc whenever we want. So be careful how much you poke us in the eye. And I hope that our policymakers don't deter from uh, standing up for the Ukrainian people because God knows they need it. 
Um, but brace for impact here in Canada. If the Russians decide we're really starting to irritate them, they can lash out not only at government institutions and particularly healthcare is vulnerable, but also private sector businesses. So cyber is here. It's going to be the big battlefront this year. And we are on the front line, not in the, uh, the background in Canada. All right, our cybersecurity expert, David Shipley. David, thanks as always. And that does it for my time here on this Tuesday. Thanks as always for yours. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the day. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 on the morning show on Global Television. And see you right back here on the radio tomorrow afternoon at 1. Have a great day. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.